0: You know we're very interesting time and uh, this is an interesting month a lot of people are talking about pride they're talking about being proud and i am proud but i'm proud of the lord god this is also a month in which fathers we talk about fatherhood a lot of fathers aren't as proud as they ought to be and they don't do what they ought to do they don't leave their children like they should like they used to you used to have a time where fathers used to leave their children to the lord and we see that a lot of times mamas have to do the thing now that shouldn't be that way. Fathers and men ought to be men of God. Don't worry, I will preach on that very soon. They ought to be men of God leading their children to the Lord. I'm very proud to come from a line of fathers uh, who loved the Lord so very, very much. And my grandfather come to know the Lord when he was an adult, and he'd already had a son at that time who was a baby. And, uh, he was lost because of his wife, uh, who was a Christian who continued to love him. He came to know the Lord Jesus Christ and he loved him so very, very much. And I'm very proud to be a grandson of, uh, George Elvin Koontz. And I love him very, very much this day. I feel like he helps me to this day. My father too. Uh, when you come through a line of men who love God and women, it really does affect you for your whole life. My grandfather wrote a couple of songs, you know, from other songs that existed. He would take that tune and he'd change the words. And so even though I don't have background music to it, I do have a couple of songs that I want to sing. And this is dedication to the men who helped me throughout my life. I'm very proud of them. And so this is to them, to my grandpa. And uh, I love him so much. And I always will. I got a lot of my grandpa's things, pictures and all in the office dedicated to him. So. Thank you, Grandpa, for what you've done for me. More importantly, thank you, Lord God, for selecting him and them to guide me, to you. Grandpa used to sing this. I was lost, I was blind, never finding peace of mind. Satan there all the time, tempting me but with jesus i was found and he turned my life around he gave me power to become his son eternally well because the world was lost jesus died on the cross oh, i'm sorry I lost, lost the lost the words uh, And by believing in his name, I am set free. There will be sorrow and strife, but I will live a Christian life. And with Jesus as my God, I am set free. And with Jesus as my God, I am set free. Thank you. And he had a whole other song that says, They say they believe in God and they say it's so bold, but they won't believe in Jesus, although they have been told salvation lasts for eternity and it's worth far more than gold, but you cannot reject the Savior without condemning your soul. Many are searching for security and they think that it's in gold. But gold won't buy security, nor will it save your soul. Salvation lasts for eternity and it's worth far more than gold. Well, you can't reject the Savior without condemning your soul. No, you cannot reject the Savior without condemning your soul. And that's for my grandpa. <laughs> my grandpa was George Ellen Coons, and he uh, he was a good man. Loved him very much. Let's all now turn. Let's all now turn to 1 Timothy 3.16. 1 Timothy 3.16. Well, they they may have put the wrong thing in there but 1 Timothy 3.16 is still the one. I was going to say, I know. (laughs) Okay, okay. I know I'm not incorrect. It does happen sometimes. And once you found the book of 1 Timothy, and you found the third chapter and the 16th verse of it, please stand to honor the reading of His word. For it says this: without question, without question, great is the mystery of godliness. God was revealed in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, taken up into glory. God bless and honor the reading of his word and you may be seated. Do you like an old mystery? Some people do. <clears throat> I sometimes do, depending on the mood. I like an old mystery. I truly do. I like a mystery at times, and I've watched my share throughout the years, and there's no way I can mention them all. However, there's times I'm in the mood for a mystery. I used to watch Scooby-Doo nearly every day. I like the mysteries and their mystery machine. You remember that, I'm sure. I I didn't even eat a Scooby snack, but sometimes I did eat one, or five, or ten. And then there was Murder, She Wrote. You all remember Murder, She Wrote, I'm sure. There was Miss Marple. I'm sure some of you all remember Miss Marple. Columbo, I enjoyed Columbo, just one more thing. I always enjoyed that. Magna P.I., to this day I still like Magna, not that remake, nonsense, I like the original stuff, that's just me. Uh, Father Brown, you all might know him, maybe you don't, you're not English. There's uh, Inspector Lewis, he's also an English feller. There's Matlock, I always enjoyed Matlock, you know, you probably remember that feller. There's uh, Get Smart, you probably remember Get Smart, he was an interesting sort. For the youngsters in the 80s, there was Inspector Gadget. I enjoyed Inspector Gadget. Dun, 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 dun. I always enjoyed that. Uh, Wowzers. And then there was Inspector uh, Coluso. I like him from the wonderful Pink Panther movies, which is the tie I'm wearing right now, Pink Panther. I enjoyed the movies played by the great late Peter Sellers. I've been watching those this week. I love Peter Sellers. He was awesome. And even in the cartoon, I loved Inspector Coluso. Wonderful, wonderful films. And then Uh, Maybe the king—I say the king of detectives of Who Done It—the king of Who Done It would be Sherlock Holmes. I love Sherlock Holmes. Now you may say, "Why would you mention all these people?" Well, I don't know why I would mention these people, except to say, (laughs) except to say, the title of today's sermon is the mystery. That's the title of today's sermon: the mystery. And there are many mysteries. There are many, many mysteries that we don't understand, but that God does know. God knows that we don't understand everything and that we have many questions. God knows that. He knows that there's a lot of things that we're never going to understand completely until we get to him. Until we get to God, we're not going to understand everything. Until we can talk to him personally, we're not going to understand everything that there is to know about him about the world, even about His Word. We're not going to understand every little thing. But God knows all things. He knows everything. And I'll get to this shortly, but as long as we know Him, we don't need to know every little thing. But let's talk about some of the mysteries of this world. There are many mysteries that God knows, and we don't. There are many questions. So let's just talk about a few. The exact age of the universe. No one knows the exact age of the universe. We know that the world has its guesses and they talked about it be a fact they don't know, of course, because it changes for them. Millions, billions, trillions gazillions. We believe it to be about 6,000 years because of the history that's given in the Bible, so we believe it about 6,000 years. But no one knows the exact amount. We're not going to say 6,255.2 seconds, 3 seconds, 4 seconds, 5 seconds. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We don't know how to create something from nothing. That's like God did. We know that he said it, and it was... God can do that. Only God can. Uh, How God made us to be. Now, the Bible says it's from the dust. And then he breathed life into Adam. We can know that God can do that. But how can we do that? We can't. God can. Only God can. Only the Lord God can. How did he do it? Well, it's a mystery to us, but God can do it. All the people uh, from now in the past, who will ever be? Only God knows that. It's a mystery to us, but God knows everyone who ever was. And ever will be, it's not a mystery to him. He knows everyone who ever existed. What if there was someone who was born and lived with a, only his mom and dad, and then he died, which was really young. I'm sure that's happened. And never met another soul. Nobody's ever known him, but God knew him. God knows these things. It's not a mystery to him. It might be a mystery to us. How about he knows all of our thoughts, our weaknesses, our strengths, our sins, and our worths. There are people right now who don't know their worths. They think they're worthless. No, you're not. God knows your worth. It is not a secret to him. It's not a mystery to him. He knows it today. He knows who's saved and who's not. A lot of times people want to serve, They want to figure that out. Well, you don't need to worry about that. God knows. You just keep serving God. He'll take care of the rest. People, it's a mystery to them because they say, uh, well, why he allows things to be. Well, it's not a mystery to God. He knows why he does that. How about when Christ will come back again? That's not a mystery to God. He already knows that. People are always trying to solve that mystery. God already has that figured out. His will. God knows his will. We don't know his will. But if we serve him, we're not going to have to worry about it. He knows everything. God knows everything. It's nothing as a mystery to God. Nothing is a mystery to God. God doesn't need to hire a detective. God has everything solved everything. Now it's a mystery to the world when they look and they see things they don't understand it because the truth to the lost though well they can't see the truth because the truth is the Lord can't understand. We know that we know that we know they can't see the truth. We know that and they have lots of questions because they can't understand the truth. They have a lot of questions a lot of things are mysteries to them. They say stuff like why does God and maybe even some of the say the babies especially they say why does God let suffering and unhappiness In the world, why did he let this stuff happen in the world? Well, we know why. God didn't do that, did He? Sin, because of sin of mankind. That's why there's sin. I mean, excuse me. That's why there's suffering. That's why there's unhappiness. God didn't want that to happen. He didn't create the unhappiness. He didn't create the sin. Mankind did by disobeying Him. We know that. Another mystery, a question that the world asks: Why did God make people the way they are? If what they are doing is wrong, different lifestyles, different things they're doing in their life, why did he make them the way they are? Well, he didn't make them that way. They're living in disobedience. That's why, because he didn't make them that way. That's an easy answer. But they want to answer their own questions to the mystery that they have. Okay, another one. Why does God send people to hell? Well, we've said it before, we'll say it again He doesn't send people to hell. They send themselves, I I should say we, if we don't ask Jesus in our heart, we do send ourselves to hell by not believing that Christ is the one and only way and asking him into our hearts. We send us to hell. That's the answer to that. Another question. Why can't God just fix everything? He's in the middle of it. Christ is the carpenter. If you hire a carpenter in the house, you can't expect to come fix your house. You can't expect a carpenter just to walk in and things are fixed. He has to do the work. Christ, the carpenter, is in the middle of fixing the entire home of the world. He's in the middle of it right now. Just sit back and let him do the job. Let him do the job that he's been hired to do. Let the carpenter do what the carpenter's doing. Sit back and let it be done. I want it to be done now. Well, sit back. Sit back. The carpenter's got to do what he's doing. That's what he's supposed to do. And that's what he's doing. There will be a new earth and it will come in God's time. His will, not ours. You understand? Another question, why can't I see proof of God? Because the lost are blind. That's why the lost can't see, because they're blind. They're blind. It's by faith that we see. Once you're saved, you can see a whole lot. And if you're saved and you can't see, well, maybe you better start praying about some things. Because you'll start seeing a lot more proof if you look real hard and if you have Christ in your heart. Now, another one is this. Uh... Why this? Why that? Why, 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 why? You know there's a bazillion questions and we're not going to go into them all. But here's the thing. The lost have many, many questions because they don't know God and everything is a mystery to the lost. Everything is a mystery. But they fill the mystery because of Satan. They fill the mystery with all sorts of answers, answers that are incorrect, incorrect answers. Satan loves to do that so that they can fill the gaps with something that doesn't go there. And then what happens? They go their way to hell thinking that they found an answer. And it's so sad. Isn't it sad? It's sad. It's very sad. Jesus spoke in parables to the lost, didn't he? When he came here to the world, Jesus spoke in parables. What was a parable? A parable was a mystery, a secret. He did that. What would that mean, a secret parable? It means that he spoke in secret a mystery, not because he wanted to keep it a mystery to the lost, but he spoke in a mystery, a secret to crack that egg so that they could, so to speak, so they could discover the meaning that was inside, so that they could discover it. Speaking mostly about salvation and the mysteries to the world, how they could come to know him, know them as their Lord and their Savior. And it says this in Romans 16, 25, Now to him who has the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. This is Paul speaking according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret for long ages past. We can have a way unto heaven and it's through Jesus Christ and there is no other way. But that mystery has been revealed to those who will find it, who will look for it who will see it, and the only way to receive the secret to the mystery is through what? Christ. People who don't have it will never see it. It's not a mystery to the saved because of faith. This is what it says in Ephesians chapter 3, 2 through 6. It says, you may have heard of the administration of the grace of God, which was given me for you how by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I have written briefly already, by which when you read it, you may understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men. As it now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit, how the Gentiles are fellow heirs, and fellow members and partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel. Yes, that's true, folks. It's through the Holy Spirit that we can see. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot see. And I say this to you. If you've ever watched a mystery, I'm talking about a mystery movie or a mystery show. The one thing, and I'm talking about Sherlock Holmes at the moment, what is it that he always used? And no, I'm not talking about that pipe, that, that pipe that he always had in those movies. Although I must say that pipe did look kind of stylish, didn't it? Or that wonderful little coat that he had that did look stylish. That Hunter's what was it, honey? It was a magnifying glass one. That she had her hand up, so I'm answering for that magnifying glass that he had that magnifying glass. Well, he could find almost anything, whether it be fingerprints, any kind of clue that he wanted to find was through the magnifying glass. Well, folks, the Holy Spirit is the magnifying glass that we Christians need to see things. Because on our own, we don't have the vision. And let me tell you, uh, this thing is crazy. But the magnifying glass that we need is the Holy Spirit. Because we can't see it on our own. We're not going to see it on our own. We're not going to be able to. If a Christian has the arrogance and the gall to say, oh, I saw it. No, you didn't. On your own, you can do nothing. But with the Holy Spirit, these things are visible. Because it's the power of God that we see the things the Lord wants us to see. On our own, nothing. But the power of the Lord God will show us if we look with a humble heart, Christ will show us the Holy Spirit. We'll understand the Bible. It makes us see it more clearly. and Everything would stay a mystery without that. So let's now turn to 2 Corinthians 2, 4 through 16. I'll take this hat off because you know this hat's a lot hotter than I realized it would be. It really is. Now, I apologize about the glare. The glare with the lack of hair. <laughs> well, let's now turn to this, uh, First Corinthians. I'm going to say First Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse uh, 4 through 16. Well, that sounds like a lot because it kind of is, but let's read this. It says, My speech and my preaching was not the enti- uh, with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and a power so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet we speak wisdom among those who are mature, although not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this, of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, the hidden wisdom of, which God ordained before the ages for the, our glory, none of the rulers of this age knew it. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of, uh, the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared, For those who love him, for God has revealed them to us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God, for what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him. Likewise, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God so that we might know the things that are freely given uh, to us by God. These things also we proclaim, not in the words which which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned but he who is spiritual judges all things yet he himself is not judged by any one for who has known the mind of the lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of christ it is through the holy spirit that we can see the clues and put in front of us it's through the holy spirit not because of ourselves not because we're just so wise now i know i know when you look at me you think that's the wisest man on earth I, I don't mean to break your heart i'm not the wisest man on earth now i know you thought i was i know that you you, you know but i'm not and i know sometimes you look in the mirror and say boy i'm just so smart i know that but without the holy spirit looking into the bible we would be dumb as a box of rocks because we don't have the wisdom of the rock which is christ we wouldn't have the wisdom of the rock of Christ without the Holy Spirit showing it to us. It would still be a mystery to us. When I see an arrogant Christian, and I, I think all of us go through it, but if I see an arrogant Christian and say, boy, I'm so smart, I want to go up to him and go, no, you're not, you know what, no, I'm not going to do that because that's of the flesh. But I want to do that and say, come on, son, don't you understand? Without Christ, without the Holy Spirit, you're dumb. Don't you get it? We are always in mystery without the magnifying glass of the Holy Spirit. Oh, boy. We have nothing without the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians three sixteen, it says this. It says, you do not know what you are, the temple of God. You don't know that that you are a temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwells in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you every day. Your temple of the Lord, and with our salvation and our stand, that should not be a mystery. Now, it might be mysterious the things that we do at times. This thing is kind of humming. I don't know why. But anyway, our salvation should not be a mystery to those around us, because there are some Christians, there are some Christians who uh, lives if they want their salvation to be a mystery to those around. And I don't know why we should not be afraid to show the people that we're Christians. We should not be afraid to show the people that we live for the Lord. We should not be afraid to show the people that we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, that we're saved by our faith in his grace. But to some people, they want the world not to see it as if it's a mystery to them that we are saved by Jesus. But I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not afraid to say, even if that meant that people was to line me up and shoot me down, I would say, I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of that because it is not to be a mystery to the world around us, so that they can see the love of Jesus, so that they can know who is in my heart, so that they can know that I love Christ more than anyone else, so that they can feel the love of Jesus Christ living within me, so that Christ can never say, Philip, why were you ashamed of me? It should never Be a mystery if we go out there living like the world, behaving like the world, and all those things, it may be a mystery. We should never go around in disguise. You know, watching the Pink Panther movies, which I did this week, incidentally, oh boy, those are funny. But watching those movies, a lot of times Inspector Clouseau will go out in disguise, one minute he'd be walking around like this, and then all of a sudden be in another disguise. But we as, as Christians should never be in disguise like the people of the world, we should be proud. With love, we should be proud to live as a Christian, showing people that we love Jesus and showing them how Christian ought to live. That's how we ought to be. Your salvation should stand out. The world doesn't understand the gospel, but we should know that you stand for it and show them how Christ should be seen. Let's look at Ephesians chapter six. Boy, you got a lot of Ephesians today. There's reasons for that. Ephesians 6, 19, because Paul said a lot of things in Ephesians and 1 Timothy and Colossians and Corinthians. Okay, so let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19. He says, pray for me that the power to speak may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. People need to know. They need to know. To them it's a mystery. People need to know about it. Pray for me that the power to speak may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly. Boldly speak the word, boldly. We don't want to be ashamed, so don't be. Speak out. Speak for the Lord. Colossians 1 25 to 28 says this I have been made a servant of it according to the, let me say it again, I may made a servant of it according to the commission of God, which has been given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery, which has been hidden from past ages and generations, but now, but now is revealed to his saints. That's talking about you, revealed to you. It's revealed to you. It goes on to say this. To them, God will make known what is the glorious riches of his mystery among the nations. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present them perfect in Christ Jesus. You know, as a servant, a deacon, a preacher, whatever worker you may be for Christ, You need to remember something. God called you as a body of the Christ to give your best for the Lord. We're going to be talking about that very soon, about being a deacon. Are we talking about an actual literal deacon? Well, whatever position it is that you are in this church, listen now. Whatever position you are in this church, whether you just be a member, by the way, there's not just a, okay? I don't want you to think you're just a, well, I'm just a pew warmer, I'm just a person who comes and gives tithe. I am just a person who comes and says, howdy. I'm just a person who sits by the door. I'm just a per- No, 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 no. There's not just a. Every single member, every single part of the body is equally important. If you believe that, and, and you, if you don't believe that, go and have a part of your body removed. And then you'll miss it. People say, no, nah, that part of the body's not important. Yeah, yeah it is. You'll miss it when the part of your body is removed. Everybody is equally important. Everybody. Okay. Now I say that to say this. A deacon has a position. It says this in First Timothy 3, 8 through 9. It says, likewise, deacons, deacons must be serious, not insincere, not given to much wine, not greedy, keeping the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And I'm saying this to all Christians. We must be sincere to the Lord. Not keeping the mystery of the faith uh, a secret to people, but keeping it in pure conscience. We're to make sure that we are out there as all Christians, good to the glory. Our mystery of Christ should not be a mystery, but we should be showing the people the answer to this mystery of the, to the world, making sure they understand that Christ is the way and the only way. It should not be a mystery anymore. And it certainly shouldn't be a mystery of who we live for. It shouldn't be a mystery anymore. It says in 1 Corinthians 4, 1-5, through 5, Let a man so regard us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the ministries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me it is very, a very small thing that I should be judged by you, our man's judgment. I do not even judge myself, for I know nothing against myself. Yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, Judge nothing before the appointed time until the Lord comes. He will bring the light. He will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will reveal the purpose, uh, purposes of the hearts. Then everyone will have condemnation from God. Excuse me, com- uh, commendation from God. That means that God will give you riches when you live for Him, and He will also give you judgment when your judgment comes. So, what does that mean? A lot of times people say, well, don't judge me. It's God's job. And they'll use it as an excuse to live worldly. Well, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, don't let your life of Christ be a mystery to the world so that the mystery of God can be solved to the world around you. That's what he's saying. In fact, let's now read another long passage, Ephesians 5, 6 through 21. Ephesians 5, 6 through 21 says this, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. This is important. Because a lot of people, a lot of Christians try to. They try to say, Well, I'm just gonna, I'm already saved by grace. I can do anything I want to do. Technically, you can't. Technically, God's giving you freedom to do so. But again, we should not live like a mystery. We should allow people to see uh, our obedience to the Lord. Therefore, do not be partakers with them for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is pleasing to the Lord and do not have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Instead, expose them for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret by all things, are exposed when they are revealed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk carefully, not as fools, But as wise men, making the most of the time, because the days are evil, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, for that is reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Give thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, being submissive to one another in the fear of God. If we're living mysteriously, as many people do, and I say mysteriously, that means we're living harshly in the ways of the world and partially in the ways of the Lord. Don't live mysteriously, but live with your life no longer being a mystery so that people can see Christ, so that the mystery is being solved for others. Not that you solve it, but that the Holy Spirit is solving it in your life for all around to see. I love the verse. I love the verse of 1 Corinthians 13 2. it says, I have a gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And I say this to you, that we need to have the love of Christ to the world around us. They cannot be a mystery, even in this mysterious world. Our love cannot be a mystery to the people who can't understand it. It can't be a mystery. We have to show love to them. Yes, I, I realize we're living in a mysterious world. I realize that they cannot see the love of Christ, but they need to see it in us. You remember what it said in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. It says, for now we see as through a glass dimly. But then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known, fully known. In some versions it says, fully known. Right now, when we were lost, we couldn't see things. We could see things. It's like looking through things dimly. But one day, we hope that people will see things fully known, knowing the love of the Lord God. We will see things fully. We'll understand everything completely because of the Lord God. I pray that for the lost. So I pray that We shall let God give us the knowledge to solve all mysteries in his time. And I pray that for the lost as well. I pray that we will allow the lost to see the love of Christ in us. And there will no longer be mysteries as we see so often in these shows and books and things, but it will be mystery solved like at the end. You know, I I was talking about some of my favorite TV shows. There's so many of them, you know. One of my favorite of all of them was Columbo. You remember Colombo would always say at the end, just one more thing. I pray, I pray that if there are lost out there today, that if you're lost and you don't know Jesus, you're on your way to hell. I pray that today you'll say just one more thing. Jesus Christ, save me. And today you will no longer be lost and blind, but that you will be able to see and upon this day, Christ will no longer be a mystery. But that, that mystery will be solved. And you'll be afraid no longer because the Holy Spirit in time will show you everything. Everything. And in his time, he will show us everything. And that's what I pray for every single day. So oftentimes we look and think that I'm going to solve the I'm going to solve the mystery of my life. No. Christ will in his time. We're going to understand but we have to understand that we ourselves need to quit trying to figure it out. Give it the price and he'll take care of it for us in his time. One last thing I'm going to read before we go to prayer. Ephesians 1, 7 through 10. In him we have redemption. Through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Which we, he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Christ, which are in heaven and on earth. Let's bow in prayer. Dear Prince of Seventy Father, Lord God, I, I don't know who's watching today or tonight or maybe even throughout this week, it could very well be four months from now, if someone's watching. Lord God, if there be someone watching who has mysteries within their life that they're trying to solve problems or just questions, they don't know how to solve it because it's not within them to do so. Lord, I pray that today the Holy Spirit will reach out to them and will help them, Lord God, that they will pick up the word and, Lord, you will help them not just to read it with these words that seem is too hard to understand. But it is the Holy Spirit, Lord God. We know this. There's the Holy Spirit that explains it to them. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for the lost today, that they'll be lost no more. And I pray for the Christians, Lord God, who some who aren't growing because they have been out there in the mysterious world and not coming back to you. I pray right now, Lord God, that the people who are now finally being able to get out again will start coming back, start coming back to this church, to their churches, Lord God, to your word, and that they will grow, Lord God. It will no longer be a mysterious, strange thing, but that you will explain it, Lord Jesus Christ. It will no longer be uh, concerning, Lord Jesus Christ, but that you, Lord God, will give us the answers and we will feel your power. And I pray all of this, Lord Jesus Christ. I also pray, Lord God, for those who are ill, for those who are suffering. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you will touch them, that you bring healing to them. And Lord God, I pray that they will feel your love and know that you are with them every step of the way. I pray this all in the holy, precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.